Well, good evening, church. How's everybody doing today? Let's just stand up and rise and just prepare our testimonies and to worship God. Satan fall like lightning I saw darkness run for cover But the miracle that I just can't get over My name is registered in heaven I believe in signs and wonders I have resurrection powers that I just can't get over My name is registered in heaven Yeah, my praise belongs to you forever See it, I say This is my testimony From death to life Cause grace rewrote my story I'll testify By Jesus Christ the righteous I'm justified this is my testimony. This is my testimony. So come together, sons and daughters, up with blood and washed in water. Sing the praises of the Spirit, Son and Father, our God. Finish what he started. Yes, I got will finish what he started. Oh, this is my testimony from death to life. Cause grace rewrote my story. I'll testify by Jesus Christ the righteous. I'm justified. This is my testimony. This is my testimony. I'm not dead, you're not done. Greater things are still to come. Oh, I believe. If I'm not dead, you're not done. Greater things are still to come. Oh, I believe. If I'm not dead, you're not done.
continue to give our testimony, amen, of what he's done for us. Let's sing it together. Come on, church. So why would I worry when giants come calling my name? Oh, oh my God, so much bigger than the troubles I face.
my God. Amen. So tonight we're going to speak to our mountain. It's time to move. My God is here. Come on, we proclaim it tonight. Come on, I won't be shaken. And I won't be shaken. Come on, sing it. Come on. Oh, I won't be moved. My God is faithful. His promise is true. I'll speak to that mountain. I can lift my voice 
will you just be in this moment of prayer with the Lord? You know what you think of this area of your life that you're saying, Lord, I know I haven't let you in in this area of my life, and I'm trying to keep control of it, Lord. But tonight, I release it to you in the name of Jesus. Come on. I don't know what it is, church. It might be a pain. It might be a hurt. But Lord, tonight, we say, have it all. Have it all, Lord. Set me free, Lord, from the chains that bind me. Have my life, Lord. Do with it what you will. For the greater good of the kingdom, Lord. Have it all. Tonight, come on. We declare our call. Sing it with me, church. There is no greater. There is no greater call than giving you my all. I lay it all down. I lay it all down. There is no greater love. Come on. No higher name above. Come on. Come on. With all of our heart, we say there is no greater call. There is no giving you my
want you to take this, this time to be in this moment with the Lord. Thank you, Lord. We're so close. We feel you in this place, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the gathering of the saints here. This is just a glimpse of the worship and the time that we get to spend with you, Lord, one day. Thank you for this time that we can say you can have it all. Lord, tonight, we truly say have it all. We lay aside, Lord, all those things that might be keeping us from you, Jesus. All those things that might be distracting us from being in this moment with you, Lord. Lord, my heart breaks for those, Lord, that are feeling what I'm feeling right now, Lord, and so many in this place, Lord. Because, Lord, you're here. You're here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for this time of worship, Lord. Thank you for preparing the ground for us, Holy Spirit, for the word, for the word that's coming, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this time, Lord. Now, Father, we invite this time together, Lord, and all the brothers and sisters, Lord, to receive your word, Lord. Lord, thank you, Lord, for this time of worship. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Can we celebrate what the Lord has done, church? Amen. God is good. What a wonderful time of worship. Church, will you just gather and just welcome one another here tonight? Take a quick moment. Amen. Good evening, New Beginnings. Church family, welcome, welcome. We want to welcome you into the house of God tonight. What a wonderful time of worship. Uh, thank you, church. And uh, we want to welcome those also tuning in from home or from just afar, wherever they may be. Some people just tune in from their cars and they're listening to our time of worship. But we want to welcome them as well. Welcome, 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 wherever you are. Within the sound of my voice, we want to welcome you. My name is Pastor Michael Romero. Well, technically, my name is Michael Romero. Nobody ever gets that one. But my name is Michael Romero. I am the pastor of worship and arts here at New Beginnings Church. And uh, it is such a joy to be with you tonight. Just before we get started, before we call in Pastor Richard, call it Pastor Richard to continue his series, his new series, which is Flip This House. Um, right? Uh, that's right. Tonight is a good one. Tonight speaks to Pastor and I. We've had some of these together, Pastor. Tonight is good. Hey, uh, just a few announcements of what's going on. Uh, tonight, of course, our youth is having a fundraiser in case you didn't miss it. The, the Fruteria stand is right out in the mall. If you have a chance, please support our youth. It is, they're fundraising for International Youth Convention. So our IYC, also known as IYC, International Youth Convention, uh, is coming up in July. If you have not 
done so yet, and your child is, is in high school. So if they just graduated maybe eighth grade and they have now are going into high school, into ninth grade, uh, and they would like to join, please have them talk to Brother David, uh, Sister Lena, Brother Chris, myself, Pastor Richard. Gosh, we're all, you know, we're, we're going to be there. And, well, Pastor Richard won't be there, but David... Lena, I don't know if Chris will be able to join us, but I know I'll be there. Uh, we're going to be in San Antonio. This year, we'll be in San Antonio. So every two years, it, they kind of hop around the country. This year, it's going to be in San Antonio, Texas. And it's going to be a really, really awesome time, life-changing time. And if your child, again, is in high school, please uh, consider sending them to International Youth Convention. But in the immediate, if you would like to support the youth group in their effort to get there, we'd ask you to please support them by dropping by and get a cup of fruit. Chamoy is optional. Okay? It's not necessary. Don't let them bully you into getting chamoy. Some people don't like chamoy. Okay? Youth camp. My family, youth camp. Youth camp is up and around the corner. So a lot of you have been asking what's going on with the deadlines. Deadline is the deadline. And the deadline has been extended. No, I'm just kidding. The deadline was yesterday. The deadline was yesterday. Uh, we have some families. So if you need to make last-second arrangement, we did leave the, the – if you have not been able to fulfill that obligation with the balance that you might have still on that, if you need help with that, because I know we have been running into some issues with the Payment Processing Center. If you have run into that issue, please get a hold of us. Talk to us tonight because after tonight, we will be canceling those uh, registrations after tonight. Because some families have been having issues with that. We've been asking them, please come in or make that call to us, to Brother David or myself. And we can make that payment for you over the phone if need be. But please try to try to get that done by no later than tonight. A few of you have asked for some special accommodations. Like I said, just a little bit of communication would be good. So we have a couple. So just in case, like I know payday pay, pay might be Friday. And if you need that, that's okay. Just talk to us, okay? But youth camp is going to be there, so if you need help with that, please talk to Brother David or myself. We'll be more than happy to make any type of arrangement we can to get your student there, okay? Saturday, June 11th, I want to make sure that the men of God, where are you at, men of God? Amen. Men of God, where are you at? Men of God, June the 11th, you're so excited. June the 11th, we have a work day. All right, June the 11th, there's a work day. Men of God, men's breakfast is going to be off-site June the 11th, and I want to invite you guys to be a part of that. We're going to be partnering with Team Challenge. <laughs> Team Challenge, we're partnering with you guys. We're going to have a work day out in Tijeras. Of course, we're going to feed you guys nice and good a lot of bacon. For those of you that like bacon, some people don't like bacon. Okay? And they also don't like chamoy. Okay? So... But men of God, June the 11th, mark your calendars down. Great men's breakfast. It's been an awesome time with the men of God that have gotten together. Seriously, guys, this, is, this, this stuff is good. And there's a men's retreat coming up in August, men of God. Okay? So let's get together, men of God, because we've got to talk about men's retreat, and that's going to be in August. So also mark your calendars for that. Tomorrow night's Bible study with Pastor Richard. Who's a part of that? Because it has been also an amazing time. That will be tomorrow across the way in room 106 at 6.30, okay? So other than that, family, there is so much going on. Please always keep, 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 keep an eye on what's going on. There's so much going on at New Beginnings. 
by logging in, of course, to our website under our events tab and also our app. Okay, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Again, all of this, our men's breakfast, our youth camp, and IYC is not possible without your faithful support or keeping our lights on in the daily life of New Beginnings. So thank you for that. And if you've not done so yet, and if you'd like to partner with New Beginnings in the daily daily life of New Beginnings and the outreach that we have going on and what we do in our community, we'd ask you partner with us. Our tithing boxes are at the doorways here inside the, the sanctuary. And also electronically via our app, our website, or even text to give options. We can do that, okay? Thank you, church, so much. Those are the announcements we have. Anything else? Pastor Richard will catch you up, okay? I'm sure he will. Pastor Richard's always got something going on, but for now, he's going to come up and bless us with an awesome sermon. Pastor Richard, flip this house, brother. (laughs) Thank you, guys, very, very much. Uh, The only thing, I don't know if he said it or not, but this Saturday, the ladies, any ladies in the house? They're having sisterhood, and, uh, and they're going to be getting together at 10 a.m., and they get a, just an awesome brunch, and then they get to share with each other, encourage each other. And Elevia uh, Salinas Alfaro is going to be speaking, and she's got a message. Her husband told me, he goes, man, dude, a lot of people are praying for her at night. The whole bed glows because she's so uh, Filled on fire, man. So that's going to be a great time, ladies. Don't forget to come out this Saturday, amen? All right. Hey, uh, young people, all the youth, you are welcome to be dismissed to your class. So yeah, give it up for all these amazing young people. And are you going to be selling fruit after service? Yeah, they are. They're going to be saving, having fruit, and, uh, and it's going to be really, really good. So last week, I started a sermon series uh, entitled Flip the House. I was telling you, I, was, I, I don't watch tons of television, but I was flipping through this channel, and I saw this. It said Flip the House, and I wanted to see what that was about. And they kind of buy a, 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 a fix-me-upper, a house that at one time shined and glowed and was just amazing, and now it struggles and it's kind of dilapidated. Some areas need more tender, loving care than others. And, and they try to turn it and, and bring its value back up, elevate its value. And I want to talk about that, is of elevating the value of our home and lifting it up and, and rising to a new occasion and rising to a new level of living and rising to a new level of, of loving and caring. And today what I want to talk about is a subject that can be sometimes a little bit stressful because I don't know if any of you have a garage or a cuartito. A cuartito is a storage room in the back of the house. And you can't even walk in it. We have a two-car garage and there's no cars in it anymore. At one time it housed uh, cars and now it just houses junk. And, and it's like, you know, I, I have a, a, a son that goes, Dad, I'm, I'm, I'm moving out of my house. And can I store my stuff at your house for a while? And I said, no problem. And then my daughter, uh, who is today uh, celebrating a birthday. Happy birthday, mijita. I love you so much, Ashley. I can't you love mijita. I won't call you all the other names I call you because that's between us and it's none of their business. But I love you, mija. But my daughter says, Dad, I, 
I, I, I need a place to store some stuff, and they brought it in the garage, and I got his, and then hers, and then mine, and 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 then they, one of them asked me, hey, a friend of mine needs to store some stuff someplace, and guess where it ended up? In my house, and, and it's like, my goodness, sometimes it's our junk in there. Sometimes it's someone else's junk in there. And sometimes it's other people's junk that don't even belong to your family junk. And, and we accumulate junk in our lives sometimes, in our families, that we create ourselves and, and, and we allow our children to create. And, and sometimes it's stuff others bring in that we have no business accepting. And we've got to understand that that junk can sabotage our relationships. When we allow junk into our lives, it can sabotage our relationships. If you have a lot of junk in your garage, it can sabotage your relationships. Your wife could go, are you ever going to get rid of this junk? Your husband could go, oh my gosh, already, let's get rid of this junk. And, or people could just say, can we help you get rid of this junk? It, it can really affect relationships when you allow junk into your life or into your home. Junk also causes anger and resentment. When you have a lot of junk, like if you have a lot of junk in your cuartito or your storage room or, or your garage, before you know it, you're, you're, you're so frustrated and you're like, oh my gosh, you open the door, oh my gosh, you open the garage door, oh my gosh, you open the shed, and, and it seems like whatever you might need is in the very back, so you have to unload the entire shed to get there, and you're like, oh my goodness gracious. And if you just got rid of some of that stuff, you wouldn't have to go through all that emotional anxiety and stress and, and, and everything you're carrying because all that junk that you carry in your life or they carry in your life or you allow into your life can really create some anger and resentment. And another thing is junk that is released frees, us, frees up more room for God's good stuff. So when you get rid of your junk, God can put some good stuff in there. But sometimes we get rid of some stuff and just open up room for more junk. And we need to get rid of the junk in our life, those issues in our life, our attitudes, our motives, our conduct, the things that are tripping us up. We need to learn to get rid of that and make room for God's blessing. So he says, get rid of these things so that I could give you love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. He wants to give you his spirit. He wants to give you the fruit of his spirit. He wants to give you a new character. He wants to give you a new life. He wants to give you abundance. But we can't have room for abundance when we have so much junk in abundance. And it's time that we clean our lives out and we get real and say, I got to get rid of some of this junk. Because the next thing I want to say, that junk that is not dealt with will be passed on to further generations. My wife and I keep saying to each other, and mainly she says to me, Richard, get rid of the junk in the garage, babe. If you die or I die, our poor kids are going to be in there for months on end wondering, why did dad and mom keep all this junk? And who knows, they might find some of their own junk in there. But see, the more we accumulate these things in our life and that we don't do anything about them, we end up passing them down to the next generation. 
So if you don't ever deal with the anger in your life and you're constantly angry, guess what? The people around you are going to constantly be angry and they're going to learn anger. And it's not like you sit them down and say, let me teach you anger, but let me tell you something. They're learning it by observing your life. You might not sit there and say, let me teach you how to smoke weed, but they're watching you smoke it. You might be saying, let me teach you how to cheat on your taxes, but they're watching you doing it. Let me show you how to drink and become an alcoholic or a drug addict. And it's not like you sit there and teach them, but they're observing your life. And if you don't get get rid of these things in your life, you pass them down to the next generation. It's like, what are we doing? Like if you're coming to church and you're not even focusing on God and showing them that we're here to worship God and we're here to celebrate God, they're learning like, well, we're just going to take up space. We just go to sit there, but we're really not getting anything out of it. See, we are teaching the next generations and passing down stuff that we are doing. And then junk hinders our love flow. When you have junk in your life, it's hard to show love to somebody else. It's hard to flow and and empty yourself out to somebody else. It's hard to really release that to somebody else. Because let me tell you something. You're trying to show love, but all these emotions and all these anger issues and all these characteristic issues that you have in your life that you have allowed to accumulate garbage is now just, it's holding you back from flowing in the love of God. And so you really need to understand, what do I need to do? Because God is calling us to clean out our garage, amen? He's calling us to clean out our lives. He's saying, it's time that you clean this stuff out of you. So it won't be affecting you. In the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 12, verse 43 through 45. Matthew 43 through 45, it says, When an evil spirit leaves a person, it goes into the desert seeking It says seeking, it's looking. That evil spirit is seeking rest, but finding none. Then it says, I will return to the person I came from. So it returns and it finds the former house, home empty, swept and in order. Then the spirit finds seven other spirits, more evil than itself. And they all enter that person and live there. And so that person is worse off than before and that will be an experience that will be the experience of this evil generation god i pray that you help us right now to understand how to clean out our lives how to really clean out our garage to get rid of the garbage in our lives that's sabotaging our our relationships that's really causing all these emotional issues in our household of anger and resentment and unforgiveness and jealousy and 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 just Father God, issues that we haven't faced. That it's literally so cluttered we don't have room for you. Father God, help us to deal with these things so that we don't pass them on to the next generation. And that God, love with flow and not be impeded by anything in our life. I pray in Christ's name, amen. So he's saying, listen to me, when you don't deal with a spirit and deal with it properly, and you finally say, get rid of it, so you clean out your garage, but if you don't safeguard your home, guess what? That spirit's going to come back, but it's going to bring with seven other homies. And these guys are worse than them. 
So Ed picks up these other demons and it says, hey man, come on, let's go back and hunt this guy. He cleaned out his house, so there's plenty of room for all of us. We're going to torment her. We're going to torment him. We're going to mess with them. We are going to mess them up. They are going to be so confused. It's unbelievable. It's like, God, help us to get it right. Some people say, you need to do this, you need to do that, and we try to live for other people instead of for God. And God should be our number one. So the first thing we need to do if we're going to truly clean out the garage of our life and we're really going to clean everything is we need to realize that, that no one is God except God. There's no one else or no one, nothing else that can take care of your life except God. He's the only one that could do it. He's the only one that could guide you. He's the only one that could correct you. He's the only one that could empty you. He's the only one that could fill you. He's the only one that could deliver you. He's the only one that could totally just transform your life. God and only God. You can't open yourself to anything else. You can't depend on anything else. Sometimes we try to introduce this or introduce that and introduce this and introduce that. Somebody told me the other day, I have worshipped at almost every kind of religion and all religions are good. No, they're not. There's some religions that are straight up cults. They have nothing to do with God. They have nothing to do with the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They have nothing to do with declaring that Jesus Christ is God. That is not a good religion. We have to stand true with God's truth. We have to stand true with God's word. We have to hold on to him and realize that he's the only one that has it together. In the book of Matthew chapter 10, verse 34 through 36, it says, don't imagine that I came to bring peace on the earth, but I came not to bring peace, but a sword. He goes, I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Your enemies will be right in your own household. Now, it's not saying that God came to bring all this drama in your household. It doesn't mean that it's going to turn you against your dad and you're supposed to disrespect your dad and disrespect your mother and disrespect your daughter-in-law or disrespect your mother-in-law or disrespect any of family members. But what he's saying is if I am not number one and if you love any one of them more than me, we got some problems here. Because I am God and God alone. Your children aren't God, your parents aren't God, your loved ones aren't God, but I am God and God alone, and you are to love me wholeheartedly, and you got to quit having all these idols in your life. If people spent as much time in the Word of God instead of following Johnny Depp and his trial, maybe you might learn something. Oh, did you hear? Well, did you hear what Johnny Depp said? Did you hear what his girlfriend? Oh, her, her, I heard what Heard said. Oh, my gosh. Have you heard what Jesus said? Have you heard what the Holy Spirit says? Have you heard what the Word of God is speaking into your life? Well, I, I just don't understand the Word. Well, then ask God to interpret it for you. The Bible says the Holy Spirit will make utterance and it will help you understand what you don't. But you're too lazy. Oh, well, I don't understand. And it kind of puts me to sleep. Oh, my gosh. When are you going to grow up? 
What are you going to face the fact that you love the world more than you love God? You see, he's saying there's only one God. Man, sometimes married couples that get together, or they're, they're, they, they've been widowed. It's going to be their second marriage. And all of a sudden, they have children from their first marriage. And, and the world calls it a blended family. The Bible just calls it a home. But there's all these dynamics. And it's like, look, I know you're going to be my husband, but I want you to know I love my children before you. Oh, man, you, you already got problems. Because that's not what the Bible says you're supposed to do. I love my children before you. You might be my wife-to-be, but my children are my everything. No, Jesus Christ is supposed to be your everything. And then your husband or your wife is second. And then your children. And then your family. People get things all mixed up. And then they don't know why. I We're just not getting along. Well, you're not following God's plan. Now we've got to listen to God. In the book of Matthew, chapter 13, verse 55 and 56, it says, then they all scoffed. They're mocking the Lord. He's just the carpenter's son. And we know his mother, Mary. We know Mary, that's Mary's kid. And his brothers, Jesus had brothers. These were his brothers born of Mary. Some people are freaking you out right now. What? Mary had other kids? Yes. She was a virgin. She gave birth to Jesus and she was still a virgin. That's the miracle. But then she gave birth to James and Joseph and Simon and Judas and all his other sisters. And they don't name them. And I don't mean this in a sarcastic way. But see, women didn't count in those days. So they hardly ever mentioned them by name. And he's saying, man, isn't this Mary's kid? The carpenter's son? Joe, this is Joseph's kid. And, 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 and his brothers are James and Joseph and Simon and Judas and all of his sisters live right here. Among us. Where did he learn all these things? Like, whoa, this dude like knows a lot, but where did he learn? He grew up right here with us. That's why it says a prophet isn't welcome in his own hometown because they end up saying, what? Richard Mansfield, dude, that bottle was crazy. He's a pastor. Yeah, a pastor. He's a pastor. What do you mean he's a director of a women's home? Tomas, Maya, is that say bottle? I too was all messed up. And he married Renee. Ooh, she was even worse than him. Why? Because they hold on to the past instead of saying, man, you know what? Where did they learn all that? Because they are learning that God is number one. And God can transform. Some of you are barely walking into church and you're going, man, these people are weird here. They believe that God can change anyone. Yes, he can. He can change anything. Yes, he can. He can put families back together. Yes, he can. He can re- reproduce himself in us. Yes, he can. Man, in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 3, verse 20 through 22, it says, One time Jesus entered a house, and the crowds began to gather again. And soon he and his disciples couldn't even find time to eat. So, man, it's packed. And and it says, when his family heard what was happening, 
So Jesus' family, in other words, his mother and his brothers and his sisters hear what's going on. When his family heard what was happening, they tried to take him away. So they come to the house. Hey, is Jesus here? They couldn't even get in. And they go, he's out of his mind. Another version says he's crazy. They're saying this about their own brother and his own son. This guy's crazy. But the teachers of the religious law who had arrived in, from Jerusalem said, he's possessed by Satan. Now hear me. He's possessed by Satan, the prince of demons. And look what he says. That's where he's, he, it says, that's where he gets the power to cast out demons. Demons are casting out demons. That makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Wow, and that's from the religious leaders. They're very learned. Oh, yes, uh, he's filled by the spirit of demons that are casting out demons because the demons don't want the demons to take over somebody's body because they're jealous because they want to take over the body, not those demons take over the body. You see how ridiculous it sounds? Doesn't even make sense. Why? Because he had been so transformed they didn't even recognize the carpenter's son. Isn't that Mary's kid? Where did he learn all this? How does he know so much? This guy is into the word. Some of you don't even know how to read well, but when it comes to the Bible, man, it just flows and goes. Some of you didn't even know how to study, and now you're so addicted to the word of God, it is just giving you life and life in abundance. Some of you are learning and learning how powerful the word of God is and transform lives and transform souls and really does amazing work. You see in Mark chapter 3, verse 31 through 35, it says, Then Jesus, then Jesus' mothers and brothers came to see him. And they stood outside and they sent word to him, Come out and talk with him. There was a crowd sitting around Jesus. And someone said, Hey, your, your mother... And your brothers are outside asking for you. And Jesus says, well, who is my mother? And who are my brothers? Then he looked at all those around him and he said, look, these are my mother and brothers. Because anyone who does God's will is my brother and my sister and my mother. In other words, he's saying, let me tell you something. They might meet by blood relatives, but when you serve the Lord, you are my family. Because we're doing the work of God and we're going in the same way and we should be able to get along. We should be able to do some things together. One time we were in this sanctuary, a bunch of men at a men's group, and I said, men, I want you to lock arms. And we made a circle from up this aisle all the way around the back, all the way around the back, all the way around the back, all the way around, and there were close to 200 men locked arms. And I said, we might not see eye to eye on everything, but let me tell you something. We are the body of Christ. We are a band of brothers. We are connected one to another. We're going to get along even you, you know what, if it takes humbling ourselves. The biggest problem, people don't want to get along because they think they're too, uh, you know, do you know who you're talking to? I've told you the story before, but the governor of Alabama was at a big old cookout. They were having fried chicken. 
And every person got two, two pieces of chicken. And when he got in line, he goes, would you please give me another piece? And she goes, I'm sorry, sir. Everyone only gets two pieces of chicken. He said, do you know who I am? I'm the governor of the state of Alabama. And she goes, and do you know who I am? I am the server of the chicken, and you only get two pieces. You see, we need to realize that God has a system for us to work with. God has a system for us to care for one another. God has a system for us to really lean into each other. Matthew chapter 18, verse 6, it says, But if you cause one of these little ones who trust me to fall into sin, it'd be better for you to have a large millstone tied around your neck and be drowned in the depths of the sea. So it's saying, you know what? Quit allowing your attitude, motives, or conduct to cause someone to trip up and go to hell. Because you know what? Sometimes we act worse than the devil himself. Sometimes I think the devil goes, I didn't have anything to do with that, Jesus. No, man, they're, they're just some stupid people. They're, they're wicked. They did that on their own. I didn't even have to encourage them. See, we have to realize that God is God alone and nothing comes before him. Second thing, if we're going to really clean out our garage and clean out all this junk, realize that not everything is junk. So hold on to the good. Not everything is junk. There's a lot of stuff that's really good. Inevitably, if you're one of these people that keeps stuff, they have a nice name for it now, hoarders. So if you're a hoarder, I call it, I'm a border. I'm a border of junk. <laughs> no, but listen, if, if inevitably, some people say, just get rid of that. And they get rid of it, and the very next day you need it. It's like, man. But some stuff we need to get rid of. It's obsolete. And if it's an antique, take it to an antique shop. Some of you have antiques in your household that you go, but they're antiques, they're antiques, they're antiques. Get rid of them. You're accumulating stuff that your kids don't even want. So you know what? Decide what's going to be good, what's not, what's not good. Not everything is junk, though. Just don't, what's the old saying? Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Now, what that saying was about is they didn't have a lot of water, so they had to preserve water, and the older kids would get, get in the bath first. So by the time the baby got in the bath, that water was nasty, man. And they say, don't just throw the bath water out. Your baby might be in it, man. You better check real good. No, seriously, that's why don't throw the baby out with the bath water. See, sometimes we're throwing away junk we're not supposed to because it's really not junk. Some of us are thinking we have to get rid of some things in our life that you don't have to get rid of. And there's some things you do need to get rid of, and we say, well, that's the way I am. That's the way I was born I've been a stubborn man all my life. Since I was born, I was stubborn. I was supposed to be born on September the 15th, and I didn't come out till the 1st because I was going to be in charge. I made my mother go through three days of labor because I'm in charge. 
And all us Mansfields, all us Sanchez's, we're tercos, we are stubborn, that's the way we are. Quit accepting sin as just the way you are. Some of you have just said, oh, that's the way we are, that's the way I am. Just deal with it. The truth always hurts. I tell it like it is. The Bible says, say it in love. Not say it like a jerk. He doesn't say to hurt people. He says to help people. He doesn't say to put people down. He says to pick them up. You see, we need to realize that not everything is junk. And we need to understand to hold on to the good. But get rid of the bad. I mean, God says in his word in Romans 8, 28, that all things work together for good to those that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. He says, don't you understand? We know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. In the book of Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, it says, honor your father and mother, then you will live a long, full life in the land the Lord your God has given you. Now, that doesn't mean you have to bow down to your mom and dad and just, oh, yes, father, yes, mother, if they've been a bunch of jerks and they'd have abused you all your life. But it also doesn't mean you have the right to hate their guts because the Bible says you're supposed to forgive one another. He says you're supposed to release them of that sin. Let me tell you, when I don't know how to forgive somebody, you know what I say? Lord, teach me how to forgive. And you know what he does? He does. He teaches me how to forgive. Some of us don't know how to forgive because we don't want to listen to God. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15 says, instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. You see, we're going to be more and more like the Lord if we keep doing it his way. And we need to trust him. And we need to realize that not everything's junk. So don't say, I need a complete transformation. No, you don't. You do some things that are pretty good. But you also do some things that are pretty bad. So get rid of the bad and hold on to the good. That's what he wants us to do. And then in verse, I mean, the third thing I want to say is to realize that God can reparent us. God is our father, Amen. But some of us have strayed away from our Father. We have not even claimed Him as our Father. We have walked away from the Lord. We have walked away from His covering. We have walked away from His goodness. We have walked away from His mercy. We have walked away from His love. And I don't know why we do that, but yet we have. And then when we finally come to understand the Lord and follow the Lord, He says, don't you understand if you put your trust in me, I can redirect you. I can re-guide you. I can re-instruct you. I can restructure you. I can reparent you. I can do it the way it's supposed to be. So when you get rid of all the garbage out of your garage, make sure that you let the Lord back in. Make sure you claim him back into your life and say, God, I want it your way. I want it to be your way. I want it to do it your way. I want to make sure I surrender to you. I want to make sure I live and trust in you. I want to make sure I do it your way and not my way. I don't want to continue to be stubborn and continue to do things the way that I think it should go, but instead the way you think it should go. And that's not always easy. That's not always easy. And that's why I say sometimes the songs are really awesome, but we don't really mean them. We just sing them. You can have it all, Lord. We don't mean that all the time. 
I'm starting to go, no, Lord, don't take that, man. I like that, Lord. That's just the way I am. I lose my temper and I cuss. That's the way I am. It's no, no, no. You can have it all, Lord. Every part of me. Lead me, guide me, instruct me, help me. Because, God, there's part of my life I don't like. I know you don't. And then there's part of my life that I accept that you don't. So help me understand that. See, God can reparent us. He can redirect us. He can reguide us. He can really re-instruct us. So when you ask God to help you clean out your garage, understand that he's going to show you the things you've got to get a hold of and you need to come back to because some of you have released. God has a way of restoring that which the devil has taken. I got a phone call from a lady this morning. She says, Pastor, you're not going to believe where I am. And I said, where? She goes, I just left a meeting with my son who I had not seen in 25 years. I said, what? She goes, I was an 18-year-old girl. I was lost. I had had this baby boy, but I was messed up on drugs and doing stupid things. And I got arrested, and they took the baby away. So I stood before the judge as he sentenced me. But I said, Judge, please, please don't take my baby away from me. And the judge says, you don't understand. That baby needs to have a future. He needs to have hope. He needs to have a stability. So that judge took away all her parental rights, stripped her of them. She said she went out to prison so broken, releasing her 12-month-old baby. She was held and given birth to and loved. She said, Pastor, for all these years, I wondered about him. I prayed for him, and I said, God, please, God, someday let me be reunited. Please, God. And today, that day happened. She stood across from him, and she said, all I could do is look at him and go, you're my son, you're my son, you're my son. She goes, and he looks just like me, Pastor. He's got the same dimple, the same smile, the same everything. It was like I was looking at a male version of me. It was weird. And he kept looking at her, and he says, you know what, Mom? I always never fit in the family that took me in. They loved me and they cared for me, but it was so weird. They were all blonde hair and blue-eyed, and I was the only dark-skinned one with dark eyes in the family and black hair. And I just felt so much love from them, but I didn't feel like I belonged. And here I am. I belong. I belong. And she goes, God gave me back what the enemy took away, and the Bible says he will restore back to you. She said, I never forgot him, and I never thought I would ever be reunited, but I kept praying, 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 praying. And I had to call you, Pastor, and just celebrate with me. And I just prayed with her and celebrated with her. And it was such a joyous phone call. And it made me think of Isaiah 49 that I want to share with you tonight because it goes with the sermon 
verse 15 and 16. Never can a mother forget her nursing child. Can she feel no love for the child that she has born? But even if that were possible, I would never forget you. See, I have written your name in the palm of my hands. That's proof God's Chicano. All the Chicanos I know. What's your name? Okay. What's your phone number? I won't wash my hand till I find paper. I've written your name in the palms of my hands. Always in my mind is a picture of Jerusalem's wall in ruin. Oh, I see us in the midst of the rubble. I see us being reunited. In the midst of the brokenness, I see us. Listen to me. Some of you, all of your life was shattered because of something horrible that happened. Either you did the horrible thing or someone did the horrible thing to you. And here in the midst of your brokenness, in the midst of your pain, God is saying, I haven't forgot you, sweetie. I remember holding you in my arms, feeding you. I remember you nursing. I remember looking in your eyes, dreaming big and saying, you're going to grow up to be an amazing man or woman of God. And I know pain might have come your way and some people might have come to hurt you, but I'm here to tell you, I'm going to love you and I'm going to rebuild you up and I'm going to restore you and I'm going to give back everything the devil stole from you. And so right now, right here, this moment, here tonight, God is saying, please don't give up. Don't give up. Don't entertain thoughts of suicide. Don't entertain entertain thoughts of running away, never coming back. Don't entertain thoughts of abandonment of walking away from your husband or your wife or your son or your daughter, father, brother, brother, sister. Don't entertain thoughts of destruction because he said, I have come to give life and give abundance. The devil came to kill, steal, and destroy, but I have overcome the devil. In this world, you're going to have many trials and tribulations, but be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. So that's his promise to us. That's his promise to us. To completely surrender to him and completely to give it to him and completely to surrender and say, God, here I am. And God, I want to clean out all those areas of my life that are destructive. Those areas of my life that I need to clean out. Those areas of my life that I need to surrender. Those areas of my life that I need to give to you. And God, today, I need you to help me. I need you to help me to realize that you are God and God alone. I don't have to listen to any other voice except yours. And if you choose to speak to me through your Holy Spirit, or you choose to speak to me through another believer, or you choose to speak to me through a speaker, through a Bible study, through prayer, through a song, whatever means you choose to speak to me, oh Lord, might I have my ears open and a heart of obedience. And some of you haven't even surrendered to God. You continue to fight God on this. You continue to be angry at God because things didn't go the way you thought they should have. Yet God has a promise for you. He has a future for you. He has a hope for you. And he's offering that to you today.
And if you want to surrender to Jesus Christ today and you want to say, I want to accept him as my Savior and my Lord, raise your hand so we can pray with you. Anybody here today? Anyone here today? Well, then I just want to pray with us, church. I want to open up the altar. If you really want to release and say, God, I've got to clean out some things in my life. I cannot carry these things any longer. I need to release them to you. Would all of you stand to your feet and as we sing this song, just say, God, I need you. I want you and I love you. And I really need help cleaning out the garage. I need to clean out the clutter in my head, the clutter in my life. I'm going to surrender it freely. I'm not going to fight you anymore. So make your way up so we can pray with you. But make your way up as you release it. Make your way up as you get real. Say, God, I don't want to carry this anymore. I got to leave here free. I don't want to leave here the same. I want to leave transformed by the power of the blood. So sing this out and say, Lord, you could have it all. Lord. Have it all. Every part. Every part of my world. Every part of my world. Sing it out. Cry out to God. Take this life and bring Bring it to him right now. Bring it to him. Say, God, I'm not going to fight you anymore. I'm going to give this to you. Take a step forward to the altar as a symbol of release. To say, God, I'm going to release this. And I'm going to ask you to release your presence upon me. Sing it out. Let it be prayer song. Take this life and breathe. Yes, Lord, this life this that is belongs completely yours. to you. And oh, the joy I found, surrendering my crown at the feet of the King. Surrendered everything, and all in peace that comes when I'm broken and undone.
have it all.